As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of football and a little bit of basketball to talk about for you. Get your Thanksgiving week started. Wisconsin opened up um, on the basketball side with their first game in the Maui Invitational being played in Las Vegas and put together a really impressive performance in their opener over Texas A&M. Fell behind early, uh, but made a really nice comeback and, and came away with the victory. So really impressed with what I saw from the Badgers today, and we'll get into everything that we got and took away from that. And then, of course, we'll get into uh, Wisconsin's football most recent victory over Nebraska, a back-and-forth high-scoring game, which isn't something you usually hear, um, but I think was a good test and still a plenty of positives to take from that contest. So we'll dive into and recap both of those and uh, hit on any other news that we need to. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, it was nice to see both teams win. Um, the volleyball team getting a huge win against Minnesota as well to kind of kick off Axe Week here. So all in all, a uh, lot of r- really positive things going on in Wisconsin sports right now. Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a fun, crazy weekend, and it's just kind of getting started um, with, of course, uh, the the game on Monday for the basketball team, and, and that will work really into the rest of the week, and then all of a sudden you've got another big volleyball game um, on this upcoming Friday with Wisconsin and Nebraska, and then you'll have Wisconsin-Minnesota football. So a busy time for Wisconsin athletics, but it's been a lot of fun to pay attention to before. And, and why don't we go ahead and we'll start in talking with the uh, Wisconsin basketball team. Picked up a, a really, I think, obviously a win is huge for this team anytime they pick it up right now with the way you know this team is constructed young. Um, and, and played a really tough Texas A&M team. But I think the way they won this game was really impressive to, you know, fall behind. Uh, they were behind as much as 16 uh, halfway through the, the, the first half and then just stormed back, went on a huge run through the end of the first half into the second half and really never turned back. So uh, what were your overall takeaways uh, from this victory that Wisconsin kind of, you know, was able to respond, come back, and, and put together a, a nice win? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at how this team kind of got punched in the mouth and responded, and you have to be really impressed by them, especially, like you mentioned, just how young they are. I, I thought this was a really fun game um, to watch. Drew was manning the, the uh, Twitter account just because I had the day job going on, but it was it was definitely fun to kind of watch as I was going and to see this team just kind of mount that comeback. And, and really it all started defensively. They came out a little flat. It, and Texas A&M was just scorching. They were making everything um, from the jump. Wisconsin, on the other hand, couldn't buy a basket and really struggled defensively. But then from there, they, they kind of turned it up on a notch on the defensive end, and it led to easier buckets. And Wisconsin was able to do some, some things to take advantage of Texas A&M's um, lack of length inside, and the Badgers dominated in the paint um, and, and really – took advantage of some second-chance points with offensive rebounds as well. And this was a really impressive game for this group because you didn't know how they would respond to getting down 16 that earlier. I mean, most people probably assumed, myself included, that, hey, 
you know, they were already done by that point halfway through the first quarter. But the way they kind of um, mounted that comeback was really impressive, and I was I was excited to see that from such a young group. Yeah, I think that's huge for a group like this. I mean, you, you talk about it, like you just mentioned, they, they were down 16, and, and that very well could have just been, hey, let's pack it in. We don't have it, um, and, and they didn't. They responded. They came back. They they, they clawed their way back. It, it wasn't always pretty, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the shot started to fall. They stuck with it, and I, I think they kept their confidence, and then all of a sudden you could see that confidence kind of mounting as that comeback got closer and closer, so – I was really impressed with, with this team. I mean, you, you talk about in terms of players, um, all of them, I, once that stretch kind of started, they all play, played really well together. They were moving the basketball really well, but Jonathan Davis was, of, of course, the um, the clear standout, a, a career high 21 points, nine rebounds. He is, is looking more and more dynamic. And, of course, the, the storyline with him coming in was that he was banged up and unavailable for that Providence game. So it was huge to see what he could do. Brad Davison, once again, is proving to be that when he's on, once again, he's got to play a lot of basketball and, and seems like almost that calming force. When they were down, it was Brad Davison kind of knocking down some big shots to not necessarily call them back right away, but to keep it within, you know, 16, 12, you know, keeping them in the game. And then the rest of the guys really just uh, started to play together and, and this team put together a, a, a really nice victory. So uh, across the board, I think a lot of guys, looked really sharp, and I think this was a great first test, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what they'll do in that uh, second round of the, the Maui Vegas Invitational. Yeah, I mean, right now it looks like it'll probably be Houston, but that'll be a tough matchup just based off of what they bring to the table. But, yeah, you got to look at it. I thought Johnny Davis was was very aggressive, which you want to see. Um, still struggling with that three-point shot, which, I mean, that wasn't his strength last year. I don't anticipate it. All of a sudden it's going to be this year. But, um Really just him and Davison have given this team a really big lift. Um, I know Tyler Wall has also kind of given them that. I thought he was really good on the boards, uh, two offensive rebounds. Johnny Davis, three offensive rebounds. We talked about it in, in the preseason about, you know, who is going to lead the team in different categories. And Johnny Davis, once again, nine rebounds. It's kind of looking like he might be the guy to lead the team in rebounds, uh, you know, standing at 6'5". But but just his aggressiveness and um, athletic ability set him apart in this game, uh, both against both teams. Like he was the most athletic player on the court. Um, but then a couple other guys that that stood out to me, I thought Stephen Crawl. He he did some nice things, a couple of big three pointers to help them out, um, and he kind of held his own um, inside. It wasn't pretty all the time for him, but he he led the team once again in plus minus. Um, he's just a guy who gives them a lot of different ways to beat a team. Um, and then another guy that um, is trending up, well, uh, a guy like Ben Carlson is trending down was, was Jordan Davis, hit a, hit a big three-pointer from the corner, also grabbed four boards. I, I think his ability and athletic ability give him a chance to see a bigger role on this team as the season goes on. If he can be a 3-and-D guy, I think he can carve out a role, especially with how Carter Gilmore is, is definitely a D guy, but he doesn't give you a whole lot of stuff on the offensive end right now. So maybe Jordan Davis is going to see an expanded role. I think this was a good game for to build up his confidence. And, and really just this whole team, this is the type of game that you want to build your confidence based off of because they didn't shoot the ball overly well. They didn't, they didn't dominate a lot of different things statistically. But defensively, this team is really, really good. Chucky Hepburn, man, like the way he can body up as a defender is is so, so impressive as such a young guy. But – 
But really, this this team, in the way they responded, I think fans should be really excited about this. And, and like I said, this is just a fun team to watch. They're probably not going to win, um, you know, finishing the top four of the Big Ten, but they're going to go down swinging and they're going to play hard. Um, and, and I think that that's really exciting to see from this team. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, you're talking about a team that is, is really young, trying to figure it out and, and work into these new roles with so many young guys. It's impressive to see that they've came out and, and, and played well against, you know, a neutral court, a tough environment, something that a lot of these guys aren't used to, um, and, and really responded. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned um, some of those other role players like Stephen Crowell um, and Jordan Davis that way. You know, Crowell, like you mentioned early, wasn't always pretty. He was getting swarmed and, and having to make quick decisions, but I thought he, the way he stuck with it and, and worked his way around and, and continued to play with um, with confidence and, and respond to that was, was huge. I mean, just to, just to see growth from a lot of these guys, these role players, you know, game in and game out. It's not incremental. You know, you're not going to expect any of these guys to be dropping huge amounts of points. I mean, that's going to be the, that's going to be the role of Davis and Davison. But the other role player guys, I think, are maturing and, and growing, um, you know, relatively fast to, to start the season. So I think you hit the nail on the head that this team is fun. They're going to fight, and and they're really seem like they've got each other's back. I mean, it was fun to watch this group just. Guys on the bench, very much active into it. I know last year we talked about that a lot, that the bench was just kind of non-existent. This group seems like they, you know, maybe they're not you know, top to bottom as talented as and experienced, but they're going to go out and, and they're going to give everybody their best fight. And, and that's what you all you can really ask for when you've got a team consisted of, of this many freshmen, this many inexperienced guys, to go out there, play your hardest, do what you can, and, and see what the end result is. So, I think it's a huge win. Houston will be absolutely a very tough test. It's looking like that's who they're going to get in the second round, but I think it would be a good maturation for this group. I mean, to come out and have to play a team that, you know, returns a lot of guys and went to the Final Four last year will be a really good test, and uh, I'm excited to see um, what they can do. should be a uh, another kind of grinded-out type of game uh, for sure, but I think it will be a, a fun test for this young Badger squad. Yeah, these are the games in non-conference. It, it doesn't hurt. To if you win or lose a game against a team like Houston, it can only benefit you because Houston is going to be a team that's going to be in the tournament, barring absolute disaster. Um, and they're going to be a resume win if you're able to knock them off. And if you lose it, people didn't expect you to win that game anyways, especially early in the year as you've got a lot of young pieces. So I think Wisconsin's trending in a really nice direction. Yeah, I, I really think that they would have taken care of Providence if they had Johnny Davis last last week. I think that was pretty evident based off of what he brought to the table. But this is a fun team. They they've got some things they need to clean up. They're they're gonna go through these growing pains like they saw early in the game. But the way that they've responded against um, against everything so far this year has been really uh, a nice thing to see. And, and I'm excited to see what more they can do. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Their next contest, guys, for those of you wondering, because this was going to be out Monday evening and into, uh, if you're listening Tuesday morning, they'll be playing Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central Time against Butler or Houston. And as we're recording, Houston is up by 14 points and looks to be in control of that game. So that will likely be uh, the matchup in the semifinals of the Maui Invitational. All right, before we get to any football, any quick news you want to hit on, on, um, you know, really anything across the Wisconsin Athletic Board? Um, I, I kind of nice transition to football is 
the fact that Leo Chanel, finalist for the Buckus Award, which goes to the nation's best linebacker, um, he's among six of the top players in the country at that linebacker position. Um, I think Nicobe Dean is probably your the guy who's going to get the most praise in there, but Chanel uh, is definitely a player that's going to have consideration based off of the way he's been playing of late. I know he's been playing with that rib injury, and you could tell he was in discomfort against Nebraska, but, but man, he, he gutted through it, and he's still making some, some serious plays out there for the Badgers and is a player that I think is very deserving of any awards he ends up with um, at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a player that has just been phenomenal. We we expected him to take a, a big jump forward this year, but I think he's a, I think he even exceeded most people's expectations with the way he's played. I mean, to be a finalist for an award like that, like you mentioned, it's going to be hard to beat out a guy like Nicobe Dean, but um, at the same time, just to be in that conversation of the finalists is, is huge for a guy like him. I mean, the trajectory uh, of Chanel has, has really shot up where he was going to be. You thought a good player, maybe, you know, the, the best, second best linebacker behind Sanborn to all of a sudden, I think, being the best overall defensive player. And now, I mean, now we're having conversations where I would be surprised if he's a guy that returns to Wisconsin just based on the way he's skyrocketing up draft boards, at least in my opinion. I, I think I still think he's kind of underrated in, in some of those outlets, but he could be, you know, a guy that all of a sudden leaves early just by the way he's been playing um, at this level. So it's been a, a fun season to, to watch. Uh, a guy like him, and I'm really excited to see what he'll do against Minnesota. Should have plenty of opportunities uh, to rack up some more tackles against the uh, the run-happy uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Absolutely. Want to pivot over here to that Nebraska game that was, I think, the most fun game of the year that the Badgers have played in just because it really was back and forth. The Badgers never trailed, but the fact that it was kind of in doubt throughout the game, but that the Badgers, similar to the basketball team, was able to always respond was, was I think, um, really a positive to glean from this game. Yeah, I think that was huge. I mean, and it wasn't that, you know, the the defense needed to just come up with stop after stop after stop like you've seen in other tight games. This was a game where you knew the offense was going to have to continually respond and, and put up points because Wisconsin threw a punch, and uh, they never trailed in this game, but every time they threw a punch, Nebraska came right back down and, and, and scored and, and nodded things up. So I think this was a really good um, – I mean, we knew that coming into this game it was likely going to be a game where, I mean, that's been Nebraska's entire season to hang around within one score and, and likely make some mistakes and not win that game. But uh, this Wisconsin game, it was back and forth, got a little um, hairy at times where you were feeling like, okay, you know, Nebraska's right in this fight, but the Badgers have to execute and make plays, and credit to them. They did. I think that's the sign of, of a really good football team, and um, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch how they responded to those tests because this winning streak has been fun, but most of these games over the streak have been relatively in hand. You know, I think that the, North, the Northwestern Rutgers game, even the Iowa game, had, Purdue in that second half was over fairly quickly into that third quarter. All of a sudden, you were in a dogfight down to literally the last second and uh, in that ending where Nebraska had opportunity to try and tie it. So uh, while I, it's been fun winning all these games and blowing it out, I think this was a, an important test for this team to see how they responded with their backs against the wall for the first time since some of those losing um, games early in the season. And, and kudos to them. When the pressure was on, uh, they, they mounted what they needed to do and, uh, and responded. Yeah. Do you want to maybe start with the defense? Because the way I look at it is I think – well, obviously, it was kind of jarring to see this defense give up as many yards as they did against Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska 
had 452 yards of total offense, ran 70 plays. I mean, numbers way more than what Wisconsin had. Wisconsin didn't break 400. Then they ran 49 plays. But I, I thought that this was maybe a game that this defense needed in a, in a certain way just because we've seen them be so dominant all year long. Um, and, and this is something to, for Jim Leonard to throw on the tape and say, hey, we need to be better and to push them, especially going into a game where you're, you're going to be favored. There are, I think they're favored by like around a touchdown against um, Minnesota, but Minnesota's going to come with a lot of energy and want this game a, a ton. So Wisconsin defense hopefully is really hungry for this game as well. And I, I just think that uh, Wisconsin – and Jim Leonard having things for them to, to kind of prep and prepare for and be able to build off of, I think is important because all year long this group has been patted on the back. And I think this was the first moment beyond some of those early games where that they had to look in the mirror and say, okay, we got to be better. And they have it in them because we've seen it all year long. And I think they'll clean it up. I really do. But that was that was a game where, in um, credit to Adrian Martinez, and I thought Scott Frost put together a really good game plan. But I, I think this defense is is going to be able to grow from this game. And I think it's really important that they that they had a moment like this before you possibly have postseason play where, where things are going to be tougher because you're going to be playing against really good teams. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned to preface that the, the the Nebraska offense does deserve a lot of credit. I think they did a great job. I mean, even we you know we talked about it you know the, you know the on last week's episode that Adrian Martinez has had two really good games uh, when he's played against Wisconsin. It's kind of been um, a little bit of a tough spot for Wisconsin trying to contain him with his feet, and they they knew that and they went in and they did a really good job of having a lot of pre-stamp motion, moving the pocket, and and you know, using, you know, the, the option of the play fakes to their advantage. I mean, this was the first time Wisconsin, you know, kind of take took on a, a mobile quarterback um, this season, and, and he did a good job with it and, and made plays with his feet. So I personally, if, if I don't know if Adrian Martinez would be back or not. I would not be uh, sad to see him leave Nebraska because he's been a, a little bit of – he hasn't beat the Badgers, but he's been certainly a thorn in their side defensively. But I agree with you. I think it was good for this team to get tested in that way, um, you know, because even the games early in the season, you talk about the Penn State game, the Notre Dame game, those were, I know the Notre Dame score doesn't indicate it, but those were tight, low-scoring games where they were getting stop after stop. It was more so the offense needed to, to pick things up. But this was a game where this defense can look in the mirror and say, hey, we didn't play our best ball. Uh, there was a lot of big plays, uh, a lot of guys that seemed – out of position, and again, Nebraska's offense did a great job of exploiting some things there, but that's something that um, Jim Leonard and this group can look at and say, hey, you know, this guy was, I mean, there was guys that were wide open, you know. They had a they had a good offensive game plan, but there was a few times where it was just blown coverages, guys and mistakes, guys, you know, coming up on the run, being overly aggressive. Those are things that they can, um, you know, look at and clean up and hopefully um, advance and, and move forward because you're going to get a similar type of offense whether you're playing. Uh, if you do make it, you know, through this Minnesota game into the Big Ten Championship, you get a team like Ohio State, even Michigan, you know, we've seen them. They hit some big plays against Wisconsin if they were possibly to, to get a rematch there. So I think it was a, a good, maybe, I don't want to say wake-up call because this defense has played really good all season, but I think it was good for them to maybe take a step back and say, okay, we've been really good, but we can be better, and here were some areas that we had some mistakes and, and areas we can improve on. Yeah, and I, I think it definitely starts in the secondary. You look at this, Jim Leonard was was bringing pressure all game long. He really tried to get to Martinez, but the way that Scott Frost built it, where they were using play action and they were getting him out of the pocket, adjusting where that 
where the the point where he was looking to throw the ball from made it almost impossible for Wisconsin to get to him, which I really nice um, game script by them from that. Um, but then, yeah, there's there's no reason that Austin Allen, who's six foot nine, like he is a huge tight end. We talked about their length and how big they are in terms of their wide receivers. Um, Samori Torre, also six foot three. Austin Allen, six nine. It's it's tough to let a six foot nine guy run wide open throughout your secondary. That's not good. But um, I, I do think that uh, Wisconsin definitely is going to have to clean up some things. You saw them go that that initial uh, initial drive. It looked like they went with uh, their traditional nickel in, in which they had Dean Ingram out there as the third corner. But then after that first drive when Torre kind of torched them for a couple big plays, they went with three safeties, and they used three safeties in – their nickel coverage quite a bit, bringing in Travion Blaylock, sometimes uh, John Torchio, but I thought that it didn't really matter. They weren't able to stop Nebraska until it really mattered most. Um, but but credit to them for making some big plays. I mean, Adrian Martinez, he did what Adrian Martinez has done all year long. He had a couple boneheaded plays. That one where, I mean, he might as well have punted the ball <laughs> up in the air for Colin Wilder, uh, and he could have fair caught it. But I, I – Go down Wisconsin to take advantage of those opportunities and to um, uh, score on it. But but I think Wisconsin's defense is, is going to look back at this and say, yeah, we got to be better. Um, they were pretty good against the run. Uh, it, it was nice to see some of the seniors get involved, and it was nice to see Fayon Hicks redeem himself um, after a you know really rough game there for for large chunks of it to come back and make that play on the ball late in the game to to give them the win and and kind of hold off Nebraska from scoring because I would – do you think that Nebraska was going to go for two there? Because I kind of was under the impression, like, and I don't know why they wouldn't have to try to get a win there. Yeah, I absolutely did. That's why I was like, man, you really want to – I was sitting there going, oh, we got to get a stop, we got to get a stop. And, and, and you know, my family was kind of sitting around saying, overtime, I was like, if you're three and seven and you are – the only role you've got is to play spoiler and the way they're moving, I thought for sure they would. So I was very happy – that it didn't come down to that because that would have been a, a huge momentum boost for them um, to move forward and in a, a devastating loss. So, yeah, that was uh, certainly nerve-wracking as it came down to the wire there. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I certainly would have, um, if it were me in that situation, what do you have to lose at that point? For sure. Um, but, but one area, like kind of going from nitpicking some things on the defense, one of the areas that that really jumped out was was Stefan Bracy, man. Like, welcome to the show. Like, uh, where you been, man? Um, and I know he's been hurt for a while, but wow, that was that was an exciting way to start the game. It's like I, I my wife and I were just getting into the stadium, sitting down, you know, going through some of the senior stuff, and immediately to have that happen, it was so cool. Um, and it was like an electric shock through the stadium, just the way he did that. And he showed something on the other two returns, too. I just think he's a guy that they ran with in 2020. And as your guy that they wanted to have back there to start the season at, at kickoff return, got hurt. Uh, you know, Devin Chandler, uh, who's no longer with the program, uh, went ahead and kind of took over that role. But but now you see why Bracey was back there. And, wow, what a what a play by him to take it back. And um, nice job by Hunter Wohler and Caden Johnson to kind of blow some things up to, to give him a, a shot at that, and he just broke a couple tackles and took it to the house. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, we, we talked about it coming into this this contest, was that you know Nebraska, virtually the worst special teams group in the country, you know, bottom four in terms of most metrics that you look at. But 
but and that's certainly part of it. But I think Wisconsin did a really good job of making a play there. The blockers got out and they finished the block, like you mentioned. Hunter Wolder seemed to be sprinting the whole way down the field and and making sure that they were going to get that score. And of course, Bracy just making things happen with his feet was was huge because you look at that. It, it, the way Nebraska's offense moving, you know that that touchdown started out where all of a sudden you know Nebraska came right back down the field. If they get if that doesn't happen and Wisconsin stalls out and Nebraska scores the way they do, that could be a, a completely different ball game in terms of pace and the way it's played. Um, with Wisconsin kind of always having that lead and you know Nebraska counterpunching, but they don't score there early to uh, to start it. Who knows the way that game shakes out? So. Every play matters in, in a game like that. Every phase of the football game matters, and it was really nice to see Wisconsin special teams. You know, that's sometimes been a storyline. Credit to them, they've been a lot better over this win streak, but it's usually when we talk special teams in a negative light, and this week it ended up being a, a huge momentum boost, a, a huge play in this game. And hopefully Stephen Bracey can, or Stephon Bracey can continue uh, to give uh, the Badgers something there because I think he's clearly shown in the – in the limited roles that he, he's done it in, is, is uh, got some electricity back there and, and gives a little wrinkle to this Wisconsin return game. Yeah, and, um, you know, they still have plenty that they need to work on. Um, mm-hmm. I still think Drew jinxed the living hell out of Colin Lars when he wrote the article <laughs> about him, gapped him up a little bit. Uh, he missed the 33-yarder. But but going back to Bracey, you got to feel really good for him. Um, I mean, I think – up until this point, you would have thought that he might be a transfer candidate yeah. because he hadn't seen any any of the field the past two years, had been dealing with an injury, maybe he wants to go back home, closer to Michigan. But to see him kind of come back, win the Grit, Grit Factory uh, award for, for um, the team, and, and then just to really just make a play like that, that, like you mentioned, kind of set the tone for the Badgers right away and made it so that they weren't, you know, in a hole starting off – from behind, it, it was it was huge for this team, and and really it was it was something that gives you some excitement about what he could do down the line for this team, and hopefully he he can carve out a a bigger role with with touches available next year um, in, in the slot. Absolutely, yeah, he was a, a huge portion of a, of a Badger victory in that uh, that role that he had there. All right, do you want to talk some uh, offense now? Because the really this was a a game that. The defense didn't have their best game, and you were wondering if that was going to happen, would the offense be able to step up? And, and thankfully they did, um, of course, to start the, the big storyline. I mean, what more can you say about the kid? But Braylon Allen, um, just an absolute, really a monster among boys. I mean, Wisconsin running backs uh, love to play Nebraska, it seems, and he was just the next <laughs> one in line. But um, the kid is just amazing. I mean, the, the yards after contact, I think that's the most impressive part for me is that he's he's not just a guy that is, is breaking through holes and going untouched. He's running people over and just cannot be stopped. And you know, really whatever you know superlative you want to use to talk about him, you can throw it in. They all work for him because he was just incredible and continues to be the, the spark plug that, that this offense needed because – there was a time, every time it felt like this game was tight or it was a third and short or a big run uh, or, you know, a tight situation, Braylon Allen just busted and didn't even have to be the touchdown run. But even, you know, the you know the six, seven yards of carry uh, on some of those tight downs was just incredibly uh, impressive to watch and, and so early in his career. The line deserves a lot of credit too, but you know, just that whole running game has been uh, really special and a treat, really a treat to watch over the, the entirety of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, he had 184 of his 228 yards <laughs> after contact. Like, that's absurd. Like, that's, like, um, and and really, I, I I come back to what we were talking about earlier this year was Wisconsin couldn't break those tackles to make it so that that five yard gain becomes mm-hmm. a 30 yard gain, and he's doing it. Like, he's the one who's who's clearly getting through those arm tackles and differentiating himself from Wisconsin running backs the past two years, and. I mean, he, he's the Fondy freak at this point, man. Like, he is absurd what he's doing, averaging t- over 10 yards a carry, three touchdowns, had that 71-yarder where he just bounced off a dude, stiff-armed another dude down the, down the, down the field. Um, I mean, he is, he is the real deal. And I think what impressed me most was we know about his balance, we know about his strength, those things that um, have come kind of innate for him. But you can tell that he's been working on some of his moves because he had a couple jump cuts where he left guys jock straps down there and was and kept rolling down the field and and that was really impressive for a guy who's damn near 240 pounds and he might be over 240 at this point based off of the fact that it's midseason and they don't update their their weights but um I mean he he's a big boy and for him to be able to jump cut like that and and make make a guy miss was really really um nice to see and and, and he just keeps getting better and better um, and, and you saw Jonathan Taylor getting in on the action the following day. Um, I, I think Braylon Allen is the real deal and is extremely special. I, I think he's following in uh, JT's footsteps pretty quick here because 228, regardless of the opponent, is, is um, really good, um, especially in Big Ten play. Yeah, yeah, he's just been um, so fun to watch. The the size, the speed, everything that he's been doing um, throughout this season and this win streak has been um, just incredible. I mean, it's it's really all you can say is that he he's he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the physicality, he's everything you would want in a back, and and you're seeing what he can do in in a big way. So he's been really fun to watch, and and has given this offense such a spark. And like I said earlier, part of that has to go to the line as well. I think they had a really good game, just getting out and leaning on it for you know, like I mentioned, even not even the big runs. The big runs are what you think to of as as the things that really stand out. But there were a lot of runs where there were some big pulls and the way Braylon Allen, if he gets through that hole that Wisconsin's offensive line creates, gets to the second level with that momentum going, he's going to bust the tackle, and then all of a sudden it's 8, 9, 10 to 20-yard runs. So he, it's really the whole offensive line. Um, they de- deserve a lot of credit. I mean, early in the season it was a struggle for them, but they've really figured some things out, and, and it's really been a, a running group that, seems to be clicking on all cylinders and you're playing your best football at the right time. And that's going to be huge going into a game like this against Minnesota, who will have uh, certainly a defense ready and, and looking to try and uh, you know shut down a really strong Wisconsin run game. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the offensive line because one of the guys who jumped out was, was Tanner Bordellini to me. Like I, in, in rewatching the game, he was playing blocking tight end. And, and we know that a lot of, a lot of the guys, the starting five have been playing Tremendous football here, so much better than what we saw early on in the year. But Tanner Bordellini, for them to – you would have thought that that role would have gone to Cormac Sampson because he had played tight end. I, I really do think that you look at what he did when those big runs that Braylon Allen had, he was out there for two of them. And, and that's that's pretty telling about what, what he's able to do as a blocker. He just moves really well for a guy his size at 6'4", 3-plus, or 300-plus. So – I think he's a guy who's probably going to get groomed to be one of those starters next year. He's the reserve at right tackle, but, I mean, at his size, you'd think guard. 
But but I, I was really impressed by what he did. And, and then uh, another guy who I was impressed with, not on the offensive line, but um, in the running back room, was Julius Davis. He only had three touches, but he hit a 17-yarder and, and got to 27 total yards to, to spell Braylon Allen. When you need, saw that he needed a blow, he tapped himself out. Julius Davis gave them some nice things. And I think that's important for this offense because Shipper is kind of a, a, a telltale sign that they're going to be passing the ball. Like he he doesn't run the ball much. Um, he's kind of taken over that Groshek role, like you mentioned. But but I think having Julius Davis, he runs really hard. And I think if he can continue to carve out a role and help this team out in the run game, it, it's going to be really valuable because you can't just ride Allen in a game. Like there's going to be times where. Um, it's going to get to when he's not breaking off those long 70-yarders, and, and instead you need to kind of manufacture points and get down the field slowly and methodically. It's gonna You're going to need to have an extra back to give him a break. And um, I think Julius Davis looks the part. He ran really well against Nebraska, and I was impressed by him. Yeah, yeah, certainly huge with another guy like Jackson Ackerbank. Don't have a lot of depth there, so to have a guy like Julius Davis, a guy that we've anticipating and kind of waited to see his emergence and what he can do. Um, I know it was a limited amount of touches, but if he can continue to, to – I mean, he's not going to be the feature back. Raylan Allen's going to get the ball pretty much anytime you need it, but there is going to be times where he's going to need a spell and you have to feel you have to want a guy that you feel comfortable with. And I know Julius Davis, of course, in that Northwestern game, putting the ball a little bit on the turf. Thankfully, it doesn't look like it rattles his confidence too much, and hopefully he can be a good – um, secondary back for the Badgers in this run game that has been so impressive um, throughout this portion of the season. All right, well, we talked a lot about the run game, but I think we've got to talk some passing game, too, because they've been really good. I mean, that's the focal point with Braylon Allen and the rushing attack. But this, I think, passing game has been really good. You look at tight end Jake Ferguson, probably uh, his best game of the season, eight catches, 92 yards, was clearly a factor. Kendra Pryor had the, the tough drop but he responded as, as a guy there. And all of a sudden, this I think once again, we've seen that this passing attack, when you're running the ball like that, it opens a lot of things up. But I think this group has been a lot better um, of late. And, and you have to respect this Wisconsin run or passing offense a lot more than you had to early in the season. And I think you're going to see a situation where that should help them in these next few games when you talk about Minnesota, uh, a defense that really – Wants to, is going to want to stop the run. Graham Mertz is going to have opportunities to find a guy like Ferguson and Pryor and Davis. And, and so far, he's stepped up the opportunity. And I've been really liking what I've seen um, from the passing offense as well. Yeah, I thought it, it, it was really complimentary of what they were doing on the ground. Um, really good on third down, picking up some, some crucial third down um, downs there, especially um, Jake Ferguson. I mean, you looked at what Mertz did. None of it was overly flashy, right? Like that the throw he had to um, prior on the touchdown was a really nice start. But beyond that, like it wasn't like any of his throws were like, oh, my gosh, right? Like, But he was smart with the football and, and very um, intentional about what he was doing, and I thought that that really paid off. He didn't try to do too much, which is where we've seen some of those interceptions come from in the past. You look at it. He hit his checkdowns. He hit he hit uh, Ferguson right when he was in his break, and and Ferguson was able to make plays um, and, and do some things after the catch to really extend drives. So I was really impressed by the passing game, both Mertz's composure, his ability to take what the defense was giving to him, and then the defense's ability to say, okay, well this is where we're at, but then making 
the extra yardage needed to get to the line to gain. And, um, yeah, I mean, prior, you, he tweeted out after the game that he was, <laughs> that was you know, like, it was like he couldn't believe he dropped that either because, I mean, everybody was like, whoa, like that was a really bad drop, and he's the first to know it. But um, And that was a good throw by Mertz. Like that was right where only he could catch it. It was on the outside. It was really nice. But um, overall, you got to be happy with the passing game. I just think that they're clicking in a way that is giving and, – and really Paul Christ is calling a game in a way that gives Graham Mertz confidence, and he's just – he's not thinking as much as he was early on in the year. He's letting it rip, making um, confident throws, and I think that's it's really a positive step for not only the rest of this season and postseason, but also for next year where um, you, you looked at how things went those first four weeks and, and you had to wonder the future of Wisconsin at quarterback. At this point, he's putting he's putting his his touches on this offense and showing, hey, I can be a weapon. I can help this team out in a lot of ways. And right now, he's playing smart. He's back to nine touchdowns to nine interceptions. So he's back up to that even one to one touchdown interception ratio, which uh, it's not perfect. It, it's it's not going to be perfect, but at the same time, he's making tremendous steps, and we've seen a lot of growth from him this year. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's a huge step forward from where he was at early in the season. I mean, it's just been a complete transformation for him. Um, and kudos to him for staying confident and, and working through the issues that he was having. And like you mentioned, I'm glad you brought that up. Kudos to Paul Christ. I thought he called a really good game this past Saturday. It's clear he's 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 gotten back into his groove as a play caller, I think. I mean, you've talked about it. He was such a good he was such a good play caller in, in his day when he was the offensive coordinator and before he gave up those duties in being able to read and understand when a situation called for a certain play with a run, you know, the screens that were, I think, called really well uh, in this contest. So he's certainly fallen back in his groove. I think he's maybe simplified things a little bit to make Graham Mertz confident. And overall, it's got this offense in, in all phases really rolling, and it's been uh, a lot of fun to watch. And this now this isn't a team that can only win a game um, with the defense. That's going to be a huge part of it, and as is the run game. But they found it that found that they have ways to to move the football and and win football games, and uh, that's huge. And and overall, I think this team is just playing its best football. And this maybe wasn't its best game, but uh, they're they're playing complimentary football, and they they stuck to their identity and they're winning football games, which is uh, great. Heading into uh, this last week of the season. Absolutely. Did you just see uh, Badgers landed Aiden Vaughn, linebacker out of Michigan? Oh, nice. I did not see that. Very nice. Well, why don't we – well, I think that we've – anything else we want to touch on football-related in terms of the game? Otherwise, we can kind of touch on that really quick because that is a, a huge <laughs> get for this Wisconsin uh, this recruiting program. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the main thing. We covered every the main stuff, I should say, from the game. But, yeah, I mean, big commitment for the Badgers uh, – fast-rising linebacker out of Michigan. Just you've seen kind of his recruitment take off here as a senior. So um, yeah, it's a big get, especially when you look at the intangibles that he has in the size. Yeah, 6'3", 215, of course, uh, formerly committed to Air Force, decommitted, and is now, um, you know, really um, his recruitment took off and, and a big get. I think when you look at, you talk about his size um, and in his frame, he's a guy that I think just looks like a prototypical piece that Jim Laddard and his defense can really work with. So that's uh, that's huge news as recruiting. I know everything we're talking about right now, you know, Big Ten West and Big Ten Championship, 
But recruiting and, and, and signing day is going to be here before you know it, and that's a huge piece of college football as well. So that's a nice uh, piece to get the momentum going um, in the right direction uh, as they get closer to that uh, ever-important signing day. Yeah, and I think one thing that's nice from him is we know that Jim Leonard likes to use multiple different fronts. He likes to do a lot of different things with his defense, and he gives you some position versatility, something that Jim Leonard really values. He can play inside linebacker, play outside linebacker based off of the way he plays. I'm guessing he'll start at inside linebacker, but anytime you can get a a, a player who's gotten a lot more attention as a senior – um, it, it's usually a good thing, right? Like that tells you that this is a guy who's really kind of peaked, um, maybe a, a, a slower developer or a guy who, who kind of just hit that growth spurt, hit that, uh, um, that growth and has really just taken off. So I think this is a really big get. And I, I think recruitment uh, over these next couple of weeks, we talked about or we haven't touched on just how crazy the coaching carousel is going to be here in oh, the next yeah. couple of weeks, like with, once after that Wisconsin Minnesota game, and this isn't Wisconsin related, but I think there's going to be a whole host of different coaching coaching movements going on, it's, which is also going to lead to recruiting movements and decommitments and transfers and all sorts of things. So it's going to be a, a wild ride here in December, and I and for Wisconsin to be playing really good football right now. And um, guys who are kind of under the radar, Wisconsin's going to be able to swoop up and, and possibly land a few more guys that you weren't expecting here. Um, and I, I think that Vaughn should also help them with maybe his, his high school teammate who just took a visual visit with the Badgers as well. Yeah, it's going to be a wild um, few weeks here when you've got you know, not only bowl season, but all the changes going around. So many head coaching vacancies, so many big head coaching vacancies now at, at premier schools that – are going to, you know, it's going to shake things up. There's going to be players moving. There's going to be coaching staffs changing. So it's really going to be a a fun few weeks and recruiting, you know, right now with all the instability at other big programs, like you mentioned, Wisconsin playing stable, playing well. I think that's really important as you head into uh, what could be one of the wilder coaching carousels and and recruiting um, kind of periods that you'll see um, in quite a long time with all these changes. So, um, a very important note there as we touch on the Wisconsin football recruiting side of the thing. All right, guys, I believe that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed um, listening on some basketball and some football talk, as well as that breaking recruiting news uh, to round out the show. We'll be back with you guys. Likely our second show will be out um, Wednesday, mid-morning, afternoon, to get it out before um, the holiday start, that gives you uh, a couple days with Thanksgiving in there to listen to it uh, as you get ready for this Minnesota contest. Hard to believe it's already Axe Week, but should be a lot of fun uh, to dive into that matchup and see what the Badgers can do to try and retain Paul Bunyan's Axe. As always, guys, thank you for listening on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.